بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد رسلی اللہ رسول الحمد للہ از دا ٹویلتھ آف نومبر ان دا ایئر ٹو تھاؤزنڈ اینڈ of the eminent companion, Sayyidina Abu Hurairah radiyallahu. And I'm on the subsection in which we're taking a glimpse into his suffering of extreme hunger in the path of Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And like, like I mentioned again and again, this was a poverty of choice that he did to emulate the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa So he himself to the iterate would say that when he would starve, he would either put something onto his stomach or rocks or he would lie down upon his stomach i to get some relief in al-isab indeed our beloved messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam had thereupon gone on to give the following priceless advice abu huraira himself had said radiyallahu rasulullah once said to me sallallahu alaihi wasallam ya abu huraira radiyallahu always remember Should hunger torment you, then simply take a loaf and a jug of water and then ruination to the world. This is recorded in Ibn Adi in his Al-Qamil 6-2425, Imam Ghazali in his Ihya. Shaykh Al-Bani Rahmatullah stated Da'if in his Ad-Da'ifa number 490. So though the Hadith has a weak chain of transmission, looking at the scenario, you would expect the Prophet to say some words, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, to Abu Huraira. So what did he say to him? He goes, should hunger torment you, take a loaf and a jug of water, and then ruination to the world. Meaning, your needs are very small. To fulfill your hunger pangs, and to quench your thirst, it only takes some bread and a bit of water. And then the Prophet said, forget the world. Because the world isn't worth anything to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm. And how could this not be? When our beloved messenger had said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, whoever takes from the world over and above what suffices him has then foolishly taken his death whilst he does not even know. This is in Deirami in his Musnad al-Firdos, number 363, Ibn Asakir in his Tariq Dimishq, 55-191. So here the Prophet was simply highlighting that whatever is in addition to what is sufficient for your needs, that is killing you. And then he says, and you don't even know it. And it's true. We think we need more, but we don't. We don't need even the fraction of the food we eat. We don't need most of the beverages that we've got. And it goes on and on. And the Prophet Wasallam said, if you take over and above what you need, you're killing yourself. And that doesn't mean that you're dying. It means you're spiritually killing yourself. How beautifully thus was the exhortation of the illustrious grandson of our beloved messenger Wasallam, Sayyidina Hassan ibn Ali when he said, the least thing of this world is sufficient. Whilst the whole of it does not enrich. 
This is in Kanzul Omal, volume 8, page 222. The least thing of this world is sufficient, whilst the whole of it does not enrich. So, did Rasulullah's blessed grandson understand? Yes. He said that little of this world is sufficient for you. And this is a hypothetical. If you got the whole of the world, it will not enrich you. Meaning it's not something with which you get enriched. Why? Because over and above your needs is killing you. So why would you want the entire world? And of course there's famous reports where the Prophet said, whoever gets up in the morning sound of mine as food for the day and as shelter, one report mentions that he's got the whole world and all that it contains. Now what did the Prophet mean by that? What he meant was your needs are fulfilled. And what did he say to Abu Hurairah? ruination to the world after that, meaning you don't need it. Our needs are in reality few in this world, whilst those who hanker after it can never be satisfied. There's a report, the hadith is in Tabarani, it's a sahih hadith. The Prophet ﷺ, he said, whoever is enriched in his heart, then nothing of this world will trouble him. And whoever is poor, i.e. the opposite of enrichment of the heart, then the whole of the world will not be sufficient. So here the Prophet was highlighting the meaning of the Hadith that if you have that treasure where you are content, you're happy, you've reached the level of Iman, if the kitchen sink is thrown at you, it won't affect you. How many Muslims have reached that level? And the second, if you haven't reached that bare minimum level of contentment, happiness of Iman, then the whole world will not be enough for you because that still will not satisfy you. Meaning you're, you're ill. You think that you need more and yet you don't. So note again here how the Prophet is elaborating upon this. That Allah is. Returning back to Abu Huraira in a similar report, Sayyidina Abu Bakr he was the first to come along and then Sayyidina Umar radiallahu. So yesterday I mentioned the report where Abu Huraira was starving, literally. And he bumps into Umar and he decides, he goes, tell me about that verse. But what he really meant was, please help me, I need to break my fast, I need some food. But this report I'm summarizing, he first comes to Abu Bakr. And even Abu Bakr didn't understand what Abu Huraira's predicament was. Then he came to Umar and then finally he comes to Rasulullah. So what happened? So this narration is recorded in Sayyid Bukhari, number 6452. Tirmidhi, Imam Ahmad in his Musnad, Hakim in his Mustadrak, Behaki it is Delay al Nubu'a, volume 1, page 101 to 2, Al Bidaya, volume 6, page 101, Hayat al Sahaba, volume 1, page 52 to 4 of the New English translation. Sayyidina Abu Huraira, he said, Radiallah. There in the august chamber of Rasulullah, I saw a cup of milk. So look what's happened. Rasulullah has taken Abu Huraira back to his sacred chamber. And when Abu Huraira enters, Abu Huraira goes, I saw a cup of milk or a bowl of milk. The Prophet asked his family, from where did you get this milk? They replied, it was presented by such and such person, Ya Rasulullah. So the Prophet got clarity, what was this? And it was a gift, basically, somebody had given it. He, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, thereupon said to me, Abu Hir, 
I said, yes, Ya Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He thereupon said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, go to the Ahlul Sufa and call them to me. <laughs> so Abu Hurairah thought, Alhamdulillah, I've got some milk. So when the Prophet called <coughs> Abu Hill, he wasn't expecting this. The Prophet was going to call the Ashab al-Suf. <laughs> then Abu Hurairah said, the Ahlul Sufa, they were the guests of Islam. They neither had any relative over here or any wealth. Whenever any gift came to Rasulullah, he took part from it and sent the rest to them. But if Sadaqah came to Rasulullah, he would then pass all of it unto them and would not partake of anything for himself. So Abu Hurair is relating something here about the Prophet. He said, when a gift came, Hadiyah, the Prophet would take some of it. Then he would send it to who? The Ashab al-Suf. But if it was Sadaqah, it was forbidden for the Prophet. He gave it all to the Ashab al-Suf. Abu Huraira then said, This depressed me because I thought that I would have at least a sip of milk which would give me strength for the rest of the day and night. I was also aware that Rasulullah would ask myself to serve the milk as I was going to invite them on behalf, on behalf of his blessed self. When they would come, they would drink all of the milk and nothing would be left for me. However, there was no other way but to obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger Therefore, I went and fetched them all. I'll stop in the report. So what happened? When Rasulullah told Abu Hurairah, go and call the Ashab al-Suf, naturally he thought, what's going to be left for me? Mm-hmm. It's just a bowl of milk. And then he says, I was desperate for this drink. And I knew, and he was correcting this, that if I am representing Rasulullah, I would be the last to drink. That's the Sunnah. So he's thinking, if I do get anything, which I don't believe I will, it's going to be just a few drops. But then he says, but I have to obey. They came there and they asked permission to enter. How many? We don't know. But usually there was about 70 to 100, maybe even more. Permission was granted and they took their seatings in the chamber. The Prophet then asked me, Oh Abu Hill, take it and serve it to them. Now think about this. If you are literally starving and you've got food next to you, it's very, very difficult to focus. So imagine, he's told Abu Huraira who's starving, who's on the floor, he's helped him up, he goes, go and serve them. I took the cup and I started to serve them in turn. Subhanallah, each of them miraculously drank the content to his heart's desire and then returned the same to me, I the cup. <laughs> so what was he expecting? He was expecting the Sahaba to look at the cup and think, right, there's 70 of us. So I think we should just take a little sip and pass it on. The first Sahaba went berserk. <laughs> Imagine, so on the face of it, all the Sahaba get horrified thinking, what's he doing? Abu Huraira probably thinking, oh my goodness. But imagine, he's, so if you got a cup, let's, you know, let's, let's say it's a, co- it's a cup and it's, it's been tilted literally to the mouth. 
eventually you think, how long, how many seconds he's going to be holding that cup? So this sahab was holding the cup, God knows how long. So this is a miracle. So obviously the cup should be emptied within a few seconds. Okay, give it you know, 15, 20 seconds. He's probably holding it for three, four minutes. And then Abu Huraira says, he then passed it back to me and it's still full. This continued until all of them were satiated. <laughs> so imagine, second, third, how many, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows. They're all, imagine, like we say, they're all stuffed. <laughs> then in amazement, I'm still dazed, he said, I handed the cup over to Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He, sallallahu alayhi wa then held the cup, in which now a little of milk was left, meaning it had diminished. But there was still some left. He thereupon raised his head, sallallahu alayhi wa and he smiled at me. And he said, Ya Abu Hir. I said, I'm at your service, O Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa He said, How many left now? <laughs> this is the humor of the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa Because he knew he was calculating. He said, How many left now? <laughs> is there two of us? <laughs> and I said, Very true, Ya Rasulullah, there's two of us. He thereupon said, sit down. I sat and then he said, now drink. I did it as ordered. When I quenched my thirst, he then ordered me again, drink more. I did. He then continued bidding me to drink more until I submitted. I swear by the being who has sent you with the truth. I have no space, Ya Rasulullah. Because I can't do it. Because I'm going to start vomiting. The Prophet then instructed me, hand me the cup. When I handed it over, he praised Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then invoked the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then drank the remainder of the milk. Subhanallah. So let's look at this very briefly. So where is it recorded? In Sayyid Bukhari. So it's the most authentic report. Also in Tirmidhi, Ahmed Haq. So now, even though this is classified as a miracle, in reality, it's as many miracles as they are who drank. So let's say there were 70 of the Ashab of Suf. There were 70 miracles. Then there's 71 with Abu Huraira, and of course, 72 with Rasulullah. So now, what do you think this would impact would have upon Abu Huraira. He was always witnessing miracles. Now there's a few very interesting things which are needed to you know reflect upon. When Abu Huraira was told to drink, what did the Prophet order him to do? Give it to uh, No, when he was told to drink, what, what was he told to do? Yeah. Sit down. Now people, I don't know, you know, where's this brother? One brother goes to me, where's this sitting down? In Mills and Boone, brother. Where do you think it is? <laughs> right? In Sayyid Bukhari. <laughs> but it's not a hadith. You have to look for it in this long report. Yeah. The Prophet clearly instructed, sit down Abu Huraira, then drink. <laughs> so this is why some of the ma said it's, it's actually an obligation. But most say it's, it's a sunnah, it's greatly encouraged. <laughs> so think about that. That's with... A, a miracle. <laughs> this is not normal drink. And even that, the Prophet said, sit. And this also shows the status of Zamzam. 
because the prophet stood when he brought zamzam sallallahu alaihi wasallam some argue that maybe he stood so people could observe but nevertheless he doesn't do anything from his own desire sallallahu alaihi wasallam so zamzam obviously it has a special place there's no harm obviously and this indicates the wisdom of why we drink city because why did the prophet drink zamzam standing if there's harm in drinking standing he told you to sit but there's no harm in zamzam why and they proved it scientifically they've analyzed it and they've realized there is no poisonous contaminants in zamzam all water has four poisonous contaminants trace elements zamzam doesn't have any and the prophet drunk standing to indicate this sallallahu alaihi wasallam and then look how interesting abu hurair radhiyallahu even though he was starving he didn't drink to his full the proof is he cuz he wanted the prophet to drink look at his love for the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam if you're starving it's very difficult to stop but he stopped and then the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said keep drinking he stopped again why because he's got more room this proof but then when he was told again and again he he forced him to drink to the fill because i can't do it ya rasulullah i swear to god i've got no space and then the prophet goes give me the cup sallallahu alaihi wasallam and then of course he took allah taala's name he drank and he praised allah subhanahu wa ta'ala miracles were often witnessed by abu hurair with regards to food stuff for instance on another occasion he relates once i had not eaten for 3 days and i was proceeding towards the sofa and i started to fall down seeing this two children said abu hurairah has gone mad radiyallahu to which i responded rather it is you who are mad as i finally reached the sofa i saw to my present surprise two dishes of farid i a dish prepared when bread is broken into curried meat they were brought to rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and he in turn had invited the men of suffa to eat with him to stop in the report so what's happened three days he's not eat again you know who can empathize with that very few people on the earth except those who are really destitute so three days he's not eat and it's affecting him he can't even walk properly so two children of his kid children are children because he's mad and he goes no you're mad and this is his humor he play with children when he got to suffer from a distance he saw two dishes of tharith i think about that you see you know biryani in the distance you're thinking alhamdulillah and he was brought to the prophet and he invited the suffer as they ate i hoped that he sallallahu alaihi wasallam would now invite me as well because i came late when they stood up after eating all that was left in the dish was a little on the sides rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam thereupon gathered the leftovers together into a single morsel taking it in his fingers he then turned to me he goes oh abu hurairah eat in the name of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala i swear by the being subhanahu wa ta'ala who controls my life i continued eating from that more sacred hand and morsel until i was satiated subhanallah <laughs> this is in ibn hibban sahih tarqib volume 5 page 176 ayat as-sahab volume 1 page 534 of the new english translation so now there's something very interesting here rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam honored abu hurairah above the other sahab because they ate from the container 
Abu Huraira radiallahu was honored above his noble brothers because he ate from the most sacred of all hands. Mm-hmm. I think about that. If somebody even asks you that question, you got Julie on your three fingers. He goes, who ate that from Rasulullah's hands? So you think family. You think, oh, his, his grandchildren, his, his children. They probably did. But who ate from it until he was full? When you make that statement, the guy goes, how can a person be full with a, with a morsel? Because he didn't finish. So now you have to picture this. <laughs> how was Abu Huraira eating from those <laughs> sacred fingers? You know, if you think about it, you know, was he just like munching? He must have done it in a very sublime way. So imagine, you know, he was probably thinking this is the most holiest hand in creation. And he's eating from it. And it's not finishing. So how many times did he have the honor of putting those blessed lips on the fingers of Rasulullah? You know, I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine. 100, 200, 300. And the food's not finishing. And then you can imagine the expression on Rasulullah's face. <laughs> Why? Because one report says Abu Huraira was weeping. Because when he saw the food finished from a distance, he thought there's nothing left for me. But then the Prophet called him. And then those tears turned to t- tears of joy. So now why was Allah Ta'ala honoring him above others? Because he was going to be the most prolific narrator of hadith. So Allah Ta'ala was giving him extra special blessings. And the Prophet was being used by Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala for this. So think about this. Is he not witnessing miracles on a daily basis? One miracle is enough to you know, make your iman go through the Richter scale. He's just seeing it left, right and center. A bowl of milk that doesn't finish. Now, more so, he's just eating and eating. Was that food from paradise? It has to be. It's not finishing. So what was he being sustained by? Food of the world. You know, look, all these things the scholars point out about these amazing reports of the Prophet Our beloved Messenger would also sometimes ask others to entertain the noble Ashab of In Sayyid Bukhari, Sayyid Muslim, Nasai, Tabarani, Targhib, Volume 4, page 147, Fattal Bari, Volume 8, page 446, Hayat Sahaba, Volume 3, page 86 to 7 of the New English Translation. Imam Muslim in his Sayyid names the host as Abu Talha. So before going to the report, this entire report is in Bukhari and Muslim. But Imam Bukhari does not mention the name of the host. So if you read Bukhari Sharif, it mentions a man took somebody with him. He hosted his guest. doesn't mention his name. Imam Muslim mentions his name. It was Abu Talha. So it's important to highlight. Why? Because some people say, where is this Abu Talha? He's only looking at Bukhari. So the host who took the guest was Abu Talha. And it's recorded in Nasai Tabarani and many other references. Who's the narrator of the hadith? Abu Huraira. Sayyidina Abu Huraira radiyallahu relates. A man came to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa complaining of severe hunger. He sallallahu alayhi wa thereupon sent a message to one of his wives to send some food. But the reply came, I swear by the being who has sent you with the truth, I have nothing but water with me. He then sent the message, same message to another wife. The reply was the same. When the message was sent to each of his wives, each of them replied, 
I swear by the being who has sent you with the truth, I have nothing but water with me. They're stopping the report. How was the Rasulullah living? <laughs> He's got nine wives. What's in their dwelling? Water. Now think about that. Rasulullah did not want anybody to host this man. He wanted himself to have the honor. He couldn't. It is not the case like he, he, you know, he could have. He could not. There's nothing except water. So when all of them swore an oath, we've only got water, Ya Rasulullah. Meaning you can bring him, but his water is sufficient. The Prophet thereupon announced, Who will host this man tonight? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will shower his mercy upon him. A man from the Ansar volunteered and took the man home. Mm. This is Bukhari Sharif. Does not mention the name? Imam Muslim said Abu Talha. Mm. Abu Talha was Anas' stepfather. Mm. Abu Talha took the man home. He said to his wife, Khumaysa Rumaysa, mm. Do you have any food? She replied, Nothing besides the children's food. Mm. Meaning, we've got nothing, but we've got a few morsels for the children. He responded, pacify them with something. Put them to sleep when they want their supper. When our guest arrives, put out the lantern and pretend that we are eating. <laughs> so basically, try to get them to sleep. And when our guest arrives, we will you know, dim the lights as they say. And we will give the little morsel or whatever morsels to our guest and we will pretend that we are also eating. Another narration adds that he said, when he starts to eat, stand up to set the lantern right and whilst doing so, put it off. Meaning just like pretend to be busy. They all thereupon sat down and the guest ate whilst the couple went to sleep hungry. So imagine, simply put, they've all gone wanting and the little bit of food that was for the children, they've given to the guest. When he, the host, went to Rasulullah the next morning, he said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was impressed by what you two did last night. It's a miracle. So even before he said anything, the Prophet told him, because you've impressed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Another narration adds that Allah the Almighty revealed the following verse. In Surah Al-Hashr, Surah 59 verse 9. They prefer others above themselves, even though they themselves are in need. They prefer others above themselves, even though they themselves are in need. So now, this is a very interesting report from many angles. First of all, Rasulullah was teaching us that you should not let anybody beat you into entertaining guests. That's his standard. Why? The Prophet said in Kanzul Omal, when Allah sends you guests, he has done that to honor you. When they leave, they leave with your sins forgiven. So whatever food or drink you give them, when they leave, you're forgiven. Allah forgives your sins. One hadith mentions that angels attend the dwelling who entertain guests. This is a sign that Allah is you know, showing blessed. The father of guests was the Holy Prophet Ibrahim. 
So why was he called that? Because this is an honorable, the most honorable thing to do. He who believes in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the last day, let him honor his guest in Sayyid Bukhari and Muslim. So this is a sign of Iman. Also, the Prophet actually said that when the guest comes, he comes with his own food. When he leaves, he leaves with your sins forgiven. So he's even telling you the food isn't yours. He's come with his own food. So you can put a more sumptuous meal on for the guest. You didn't do anything. The Prophet goes, that wasn't yours anyway. It was his. But Allah wants to forgive you. Another hadith mentions that a place where there are no guests is damned. Because there's no blessings in that dwelling if you don't entertain guests. So this is the trait of the Muslim. Right? But unfortunately now, you know, this is something strange to many people. Because why has he come to my house? Right? That's like saying, why is the angels bothered coming to your house? So again, note the Prophet set the standard, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. When he couldn't entertain, he invited others. Why? Because if you invite to the good, you receive a share of the good. Who was the one who snapped at the opportunity? Abu Talha. Now why is that fascinating? Where were the Ashara Mubashara? Right? So this is again, you know, strange. But Allah shares the honors. Abu Talha gets some. The one who took the grave of Rasulullah and the Badris. Right? One of the great companions of the Prophet who defended the Prophet fiercely on the day of Uhud. Because my face for your face, Ya Rasulullah. So he's honoring his guest. How is he honoring? You know, we can only dream about this. He goes, put the kids to sleep. Imagine, put the kids to sleep. What the poor kids do? How strong was this household? Now, to finish. Who narrates this hadith? Abu Huraira. He's narrated. What was his first line in the hadith? A man came to Rasulullah complaining of severe hunger. Did he mention who that man was? Who was this guest of this most honorable household? Allahu Akbar. It was no other than the narrator himself, Sayyidina Abu Huraira, radiyallahu, recorded in Tabaran. So what do we learn about? He doesn't, he's hiding his deeds. He could have said, because of me, Allah Ta'ala revealed the verse of the Ansar. He didn't say that. Because a man came. You know, why are you hiding your name? You know, it's like, just mention your name. He never mentioned his name. Because a man came. Because he was, and look what he said, complaining of severe hunger. He knew that you know, he was starving. And Rasulullah, then, look at the honor he wanted to show him. All his wives, they couldn't, because there was nothing to give. Abu Talha took him. So the Ansar were given this honor. And that is their striking trait. What Allah says here, they prefer others above themselves, even though they themselves are in need. It's easy to prefer others if you've got. But if you're in need and you're preferring others, that's another level. That was the Ansar. Allah said, this is the Ansar. This was the reason. So now, that is describing the Ansar. Who was the cause of the revelation? Abu Huraira. So again, so many things we can take from this. Allahu Akbar. So all I mentioned again today was the suffering of Sayyidina Abu Huraira. And don't forget, this was voluntary on his part. And note the incredible blessings that Allah was showering upon him through mu'jizah his beloved showing his eminent status in the glorious deen. 
Are there any questions? We'll ask. Subhanallah, bihamdi, subhanallah, bihamdi, subhanallah,